Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, a conversation about literature and art, about duende and queerness and coping and tea, border blur and misfits and community, secret places, ragged edges and whimsy. Brought to you by Angel House Press. I'm your host, Amanda Earle. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks. This is episode 70. I'm Amanda Earle, and I'm here this afternoon with Sasha, Sasha Archer. Hi, Sasha. Hello, hello. Good I almost called you Sasha. You. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> what I'm usually called, my wrong name. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember how to pronounce your name right. That's So Sasha Archer, in case yeah. people at home don't know, that's, that's how it is. How are you today? Very well. Good, good. I'm glad. Can you hear the Can you hear the children upstairs? I can hear the children. That's uh, yeah. that's fine. We're we're yeah. we're allowed to hear children here. We're not. Oh yeah, no, not a problem. I'm just <laughs> closeted in the basement, and and their footsteps become amplified. And anyway, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I thought I would start by um by reading your your bio. So let's see what you've got here. Sasha Archer lives in Ontario, Canada. Actually, you live in where you live in uh, Burlington, right? Is that That's right. Because right? this is spectacular a, Burlington. Spectacular Burlington with his wife and two daughters. He's the editor of Simulacrum Press. Archer's latest chapbook are Lines of Sight. Actually, uh, your what is that your latest chapbook? Or was that an old, is that a, this is a slightly older book? Well, that's that's okay. pretty much it. I did another one through Simulacrum, but okay. yeah, same same time. Okay, so uh, Noir Z in 2020 and Houses in No Press in 2020. Fourth from, forthcoming chapbooks include models from Tim Glasson Press. Maybe that's the one that you right. It's it now, yeah. And framing poems from Tim Glasson Editions. Uh, his concrete poetry has been exhibited in the USA, Italy, and Canada. And he's on Facebook and Instagram at, at the way his name is spelled. And I'm going to put all uh, the bio up in the in the show notes so uh, people can uh, can get that. And I'll put I'll put a link up to. Uh, your press as well. So I thought I would just like start off with a with a, a fairly uh, some fairly basic questions. So did you grow up in Burlington? No, but yeah. I've uh, I've moved had had slight moves around the general area. Uh, so I was born in Hamilton, right? And then um, around six, I moved to Dundas, a small town, which is uh, now. Part of Hamilton, but at the time wasn't, and uh, and then you know for uh, after I came back from China, I moved into Waterdown, uh, which is like you know just another little pocket of maybe life around these areas. And then my wife got a job here, and we moved to Burlington. So all these places are just like right beside each other. Right. So you know, one day, you know. It, a long enough life I'm going to make it far away. <laughs> so when when you were growing up did you um how did you first start uh writing and, and making art and stuff like that what what inspired that those those beginnings? Um well I guess because my grandmother was a librarian we always had oh, cool. books around and you know I was read to a lot um so I guess there was always that encouragement to just love books. Um, but I don't really know what got me into it. I mean, I remember back in high school, I, uh, I went into a used bookstore and that wasn't something normal for me at the time. Um, and I had no idea what to get. And I randomly picked up, uh, a book from the shelf and it happened to be Ariel by Sylvia Plath. Mm -hmm. And so I really connected with the book at the time. Uh, it just completely shattered me. I, I loved it so much. And, you know, I was going through a lot of shit at the time. So, uh, yeah, that opened the, do the door pretty wide and I guess I never stopped. So what about what about and, and one thing I noticed is in your bio you, you say your concrete poetry. Do you have do you, is that your pref, preferred term for your for that that type of work of yours, concrete rather than visual, or do you have any have any? Yeah, I, I think I like just kind of arbitrarily like that more. Um, 
I don't like the phrase VISPO. I know, I know. We talked about that. I hate it. Oh, it's terrible. It almost makes me happy when I use it just because I know that you don't like it. Like I, yeah. I kind of like it when people don't like it. But I've actually started to say even worse. I've started to say VISPO with a Z. So it's even worse. Yeah, right, right. More annoying. Yeah. I just feel like VISPO, it's like the plastic mass-produced version. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, there's something that just doesn't gel with me with that. But I mean, in the end, I don't know. It's funny how there's different terms that it goes by um, in different branches and it's all just kind of the same stuff. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I think it's whatever whatever inspires you. Like for me, um, I because when I, when I started myself um, making what people told me was visual poetry, in like about 2005, I saw other people and people were saying that people weren't, people weren't using um, the term concrete poetry so much for contemporary work. They were using it for the stuff from the, from the sixties and seventies. And I didn't know anything about that when I started, I've only really learned about the whole concrete poetry um, stuff from that era, like in the last maybe three or four, maybe five years, if we're, if, if I'm being uh, generous with my imagination you know but, uh, so yeah co concrete and um i i like the term uh, but i even though it's not there's a lot of different ways in which it's defined i still have that thought in me that concrete is for more there's a lot of different ways like they, they associate it with the, the historical movements and stuff like that but also with more of the um, manual stuff and my stuff is as i mean i've done some um I've used rub on letters and I've done some drawing and things like that, but most of mine is, is, is produced digitally. So I think of that, that's sort of why I think of Bispo and sort of, it seems like more of a digital sort of computery kind of thing in a way. Well, there's a lot of other reasons why I use it as well, but. So that makes sense though, the, the tactile, maybe nature of, uh, yeah, concrete, something mm -hmm. you're actually touching rather okay. than, yeah. Which reminds me of um, when, Kate Saclosi and, and Danny Spinoza um, yeah. were doing their, um, their edited, the, they were doing guest um, for yeah. Rob and uh, they had put out their call for handmade works and uh, Judith Kopethorn wanted to submit, but everything she's doing um, right, now. right now is is digital. And she was like, yeah, but you make like digital stuff with your hands. On the computer, <laughs> which is just true, but but it was just a really funny moment. Yeah, that was great. Of course, she's made plenty of handmade stuff. I like that. Yeah, she's drawn and painted and all those things. So yeah, so so it works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. So what? When did you start to to make uh, concrete poetry, and what inspired you to do that? Hmm. Oh, probably, probably I was. I must have been introduced to it sometime in university yeah um it had to be where did you go to university trent okay yeah so because i'm i can't imagine that i was introduced to it by anyone else it certainly isn't something that you like come across in high school english class or or even even the art classes you know um so i remember being at my grandparents place I don't even know when this is like I've, I can't really recall uh, proper chronology, <laughs> but <laughs> but like I was doing stuff quite early on. Um, like maybe before even you knew what the like that there was a yeah, loop for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I've got I've just got so many files on my computer, so much work unpublished from years. You know, like I actually haven't been publishing that long, but I've been making for quite a long time. That's it. Yeah. Like I know with me, I, I was always um, playing around with like doodling um, the letters of the alphabet and things like that, like just sort of random doodles as I, as a kid. And because I have grapheme synesthesia, I associate um, the uh, letters with, um, with color. So I've always been playing with that and, and uh, visual poetry is kind of a way of trying to get that right, you know, at, at first. So, uh, but I never heard the term until it would probably, I mean, I, I, I studied um, French literature and, and language and stuff through university and we never, no one ever mentioned it to me, even though they could have talked about Apollinaire as calligram and things like that. Mm -hmm. but no, nobody, as far as I know, uh, 
they didn't mention it. So I was I was already well in my in my thirties before I even I even heard. Uh, was I in my 30s? Was I already in my 40s? Maybe maybe I was even in my 40s. I was old. <laughs> by the time I yeah, but it's funny because this seems to be a trend because like it took me, even though I might have been doing it, like to yeah. connect to what is actually a very wide community, global community. It took me forever to find that, you know, it's just like lays there under the radar until you finally find it. And then it's bubbling and always happening, you know, but it's so Do you remember hard. what your first exposure was to the like the a com the community of of um, people working in this secret society? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, not really. I mean, I had uh, when I was in when I was living in China, and I really hadn't published anything much by that time. I think I, I think I got my first piece published when I was there, uh, just some online magazine and. Uh, I was looking to publish more and a friend of mine emailed me and told me that uh, Michael Castiles was doing a press and Michael and I and a few other people during university would do really terrible poetry readings or maybe they're very good but nobody nobody came to them you know and uh, so uh, yeah, at that time he was doing Puddles of Sky yeah. Press, but it was kind of just like a almost imaginary thing. We just make these crappy zines, you know, and then trade them, you know, and he would put Puddles of Sky Press on them. And so I never took it very seriously. But then these years later, I come back to it and he's got this website and he's, you know, publishing people and selling it. And yeah. so probably I published through him and talked to him and then he must have pointed me in the direction and I discovered no press and yeah, that must've been it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Michael. Yeah. I, I had, um, I think the first, I, I don't know if this is, this could be true. I think the first Vispo Bible uh, publication was, uh, was um, the book of Esther. I think that was through him and he'd already published a little, a little visual poetry chapbook of mine called Love the Body. Yeah, so so it seems to me, looking at your body of work, like you, you text, sound poetry, concrete poetry, videos, that uh, one of your main preoccupations is play in your work. Would you do you think that's a reasonable is that a reasonable estimation? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I wouldn't I wouldn't say anything against that. I don't know um, if I ever think of it as play. What do you uh, think of it? But. As? <laughs> just a uh, challenge, constantly challenging myself, mm. which, you know, yeah, yeah. Play to me connotes more of a, like a relaxed environment where I'm, I'm very intense. You're not relaxed about it. <laughs> no, no, not at all. You know, it probably, it would, it would help if I was, but. Uh, well, there's a lot of delight in your work though, too. Like I, I find like, I, I you know, I'll put up your uh, YouTube uh, chat, um, uh, channel, but for instance, the intimate relationships of strangers was a really fun, um, that was a really fun video. Can, do you remember what that one? I can't right now remember what you did there. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, that was um, just like, that was a three panel concrete poem that I did. Yeah. Um, and it was very like coronavirus focused. Uh, these like, like organisms, crawling organisms. Um, and then I had been published in something and there was, there was a, you know, a Zoom launch or whatever, which I think I ended up not going to because I, I just can't stand <laughs> these readings, you know, uh, which we can come back to. But um, uh, so I was thinking, okay, I'll go, but uh, I can't read this concrete poem. It's like made exclusively of the letter T many times. And, uh, but I, I did, a, a, I did a, a sound poem from it that was very digitally um, manipulated. And then I made this video of it, which is actually just like a filming of the, of the concrete poem. Yeah. You know? And then it's just like, I don't know, it's almost like really amateur art house. It's got this kind of like creepy feeling to it. It's kind of cheesy, but, it, but it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Play, that's sort of what I was talking about as well. And then I remember, I don't remember the title of it, but there's one where you've got, I think, a sheet blowing. Um, four sheets. Yeah, four sheets. Yeah, there you go. That's yeah. the title. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't make it too hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember it because <laughs> my brain is basically mushed these days. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, well, I guess I just like to put myself in situations where I just want to see what's going to happen. You know, if, if like right now I'm having a problem where I've been making the, the rubber stamp uh, concrete poems yeah. and they're uh, more or less easy to make um, for me. And, and so I, I published Mother's Milk and yeah. I'm very proud of that book and I love it. I love the work in it, but I don't want to just continue doing more of that. Right. That makes you sense. You know? And yet, and yet now I feel like people are like, oh, like I want to see more of that. Like, yes, I, like, I understand that, that that's something fun, you know, and good. And, but I want to, the stuff that I think is most interesting of mine, I don't think other people feel that. <laughs> Such as? Like, what would you like to do that you... Well, I, like, my main thing right now, um, even during Mother's Milk. Mother, Mother's Milk was just like this, like, place where I got out shit that was in me. Yeah, you know, and like I, I would, I was coming home from work, working in the in the greenhouse, just fucking exhausted, yeah. you know, and and so like it happened that I was like making this stuff, and I would just like almost fall asleep over it, or and I'd be I'd be drinking, you know, so it was it was just like it wasn't a very clean process. It's like okay, this is what I'm gonna do, you know, <laughs> not at all. It was just just a place where I got out all this shit, um, but yeah, for me the event poems trying to explore that and find out what those could be or can be that is what's interesting to me right now okay well so we, we and 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 so event poems being like the, that's, that's a great mystery yeah what does <laughs> yeah. that mean what <laughs> is an event poem? well like um yeah I, I was just asking a question on a math question on Facebook. Oh, I saw. Um, I just ignored it because I, I don't know anything about math. You're right. Yeah. Neil Thomas was right in there. He was very happy. Too. Yeah, I, I was. I, I basically posted it hoping that he would <laughs> He's say something, and he, and he did. So it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, and he asked. He's like, "Oh, this is this is cool. What is an event poem?" And then so I had to say something, um, and I'm not quite sure. Like I've, I've tried to write something a few times, and like there's, there's a very simple way of coming at it. It's just an event that is a poem, you know, uh, right? Like, uh, but, but it, it changes. Um, and I think the ideal is that it's, it's an event in which all the aspects of what are happening are, are considered part of the poem, you know, so that there's um, possibly dance incorporated into it, you know, like just the movement of people or, uh, the use of objects in, in, in all of this kind of, um, I think, I think going back to, um, asemic writing, I think that's the ideal for me. I don't know if I've got there yet. I'm working on something now and, and maybe, and maybe it's too convoluted. I don't know that that shit happens too. Maybe I'll just completely fail, but, um, you were talking about four sheets yeah. and, uh, you know, that's, it's a very straightforward piece. You have four sheets of paper, um, hanging on this this wooden fence. Um, the paper for me gives it an anchor to to writing. Yeah. And then the wind is blowing them, and they're kind of signaling, right? They're going through this dance, and it seems like they're signaling. So you have this presence of language without actual language. We could say it's asemic. Yeah. Um, you know. So I mean, that's a great example because it's it's so minimal and, and easy to understand. I think um, so. I just like to expand that. Yeah, that makes sense. It's funny because uh, I think about um, my brain uh, went in a couple of different places with the idea of an event poem. I was thinking about um, well, you know, there are poems, occasion poems, where you know, and sometimes we're all forced to write these. Like people say, your uncle so and so is, you know, doing this, or <laughs> write a poem for him, or something like that. You know? But those are like, um, or like when a poet laureate has to write about, you know, some grand occasion or something. I wouldn't want to write. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> no, like I think it's the opposite direction. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, then yeah. I, and then I was thinking about, uh, you know, in this, I don't know. Well, maybe you don't know, but in the '60s, they had these things called happenings where. Uh, I happenings, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so, yeah. you know, the people would uh, just get together and I think various things would happen, but it wasn't, um, 
it was less structured, right? It just sort of, at least from the movies, that's what it looked like to me, but uh, you know. Yeah, I think a lot of it was improvisational. Yeah, yeah just kind of uh, gatherings and see what happens when you bring different forces together, different people, different, you know, some music, different um, um, types of um, inspirations of various kinds. Um, yeah, so, well, that sounds interesting. I mean, I, I think one of the things is like, um, I know with me and the Vispo Bible, like I said, it's a life's work, but uh, one of the things that's, that happened to me this year is I just haven't been able to really focus on it that much. Like I've done quite a well, bit this of- this year's a fucking write-off, right? Yeah, well, so, I mean- I, I mean, I, I'm entering a place also just recently where I've just started to feel that vacancy surrounding everything. What do you mean? I, I, well, I've heard a lot of people say that with Corona, that yeah. they've kind of entered a, a writer's block or something is preventing, you know, and, and I wasn't feeling that for, and I don't know if that's what you're talking about. I assumed it was, but maybe it's not. Yeah, I, it's not that I have a, what, it is a type of a focus problem because for, for that particular work, I, it does, I have to sit at the computer and work using the software and kind of, I go through certain um, stages that are, that are familiar. The other problem for me is that I use um, Adobe products like Photoshop and Photoshop, they've been doing upgrades almost like every couple of months. And I, I can't, I couldn't figure out how to make the stuff I was making. Like, and I, I, and the, I wasn't really that satisfied. I've, changing I've, on you. Yeah, and, and then yeah. The is, so I started to, I figured, well, if I have to learn something new, everybody says Illustrator is really great. So I started to work with Illustrator, but then I went back to basics. Like I started to do just individual letters again. So I kind of stopped working a lot with the Vispo Bible, mm -hmm. huge blocks of text. And I went back to what I was doing in the mid-aughts, which is working with one or two letters. And then, you know, and, and yeah. now I'm up to the... Uh, now I'm able to use Illustrator to make to work with bigger uh, blocks of text again. So I'm just starting to work with it, and I just haven't had time to go back. But it really, a lot of it's with me. It's focused. There's a lot of other type things. Like I have another project which is writing poems in response to these crazy drawings I, I made called uh, um, from this Upper Zygonia place that I I I um, I came up with about I don't know 20 years ago or something. Um, to just use as a as a name a place name when I want to use an example. Well, in Upper Zygonia they do it like this, you know. And I just <laughs> so um, you know, say if you went to Upper Zygonia. So but then I've I've invented a whole world now with these weird creatures and stuff. And so now I'm writing poems to do with that. And I seem to need to go to a place of play and imagination more than anything else. Like I don't really want to tackle um, anything too serious, you know, like, so I want to play and I want to use my imagination, which is, well, I can't really help it, it happens anyway, but it seems to me that in, in, a, in a time where everything's so stressful, um, play is in a bad place to, to sort of linger a little bit uh, as a distraction. So that's where my, uh, some of the more, maybe I have other projects too that are that I'm not working on. I, mean, I always work on about, I don't know, if you count the publishing activities, I probably work on about 10 things at the same time, like usually, right? So, yeah. But, uh, so, do you, are you someone who tends to work on one thing at a time or do you work on multiple? Uh, yeah, it's usually been multiple for sure. Yeah. Uh, now I'm kind of like grinding to a halt and, um, you know, maybe I'm just burnt out or, or something. I don't know. But, uh, but generally, yeah, I've got I've got different ideas bouncing around, and uh, I, I've never had any routine or anything that helps organize that. But usually, it tends to work out. You just kind of jump into one thing and go out, and then you start thinking about something else, and you go into that, and it all works out in the end. I'm not a routine person either. Like I just I just um, I have a lot. Of, I just. I just like to um, do this stuff. So I end up doing it, but I like, I know people say they have like a routine where they write so many words or they, I've never been able to do that. No, sort of I have no concept of that. No, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't need to, I've, I've worked in jobs where I've had to punch time clocks. I don't want writing to be that. You know, why do I want it to be a factory job? I've done plenty of factory jobs. Like, yeah. you know, like, especially cause I, I know it's not going to be about money. So, you know, why make it like that? You know, I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's true. It, for me, I, I definitely get affected by that reality. Just like 
I often think about that as I'm never going to be making money from this shit, you know, and, but I love, I love devoting what time I, what little time I have to it, you know, and, but, but I can't, I don't know. I can't find any motivation except, except that little flame, you know? Yeah. Well, if you feel the challenge, right. Then you, then you want to explore it. Like it was, yeah. Yeah. With, with me, I'll, I'll just, I mean, I mean, things probably do things for you start in different, like you said, for mother's milk, you just basically, you were tired, you, your wife had just, you know, had your second child, I guess, when this yeah. was going on. And, uh, and you, you, yeah, I mean, you start the introduction is all about, um, you know, the whole idea of her um, having to uh, make milk for the baby. And that was problematic. And I love, yeah. I, I love the writing. And I have to say, like, I, anytime I read your writing, I'm always really enthralled with like, you're a really good writer, you know, and like in the introduction here and um, in the parable in the back, I mean, they're really, really well done um, um, pieces of writing. And even uh, like the little piece in no press, the uh, uh, chapbook, a uh, little, broadsheet thing uh, house uh, the the thing you wrote in the back of that it was like a, it was a little poem about mm -hmm. really good so, uh, i love writing you know in in a, in a more traditional way i just less frequently amble over that way um and then uh sometime this summer i guess uh, you know i guess mother's milk was all done and over with and I didn't really feel the motivation to do more rubber stamp stuff. And I didn't have any ideas other than this, like one event poem that like, I'm just slowly, slowly moving forward with, but I needed to do something. And I definitely wanted to do, just get back to some writing. So, um, I wanted to do something like, like a novel, um, uh, something prose, like I, I'm not big on on poetry with line breaks, right, and that kind of stuff. I like I like the essence of poetry, you know, um, and I find that a lot more in like the prose poem. Where people, yeah, I don't know. Um, so anyway, I, I've written this book. You know, I did it over the summer. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it, how long is it? This um, well, most like per page, they're like fairly short paragraphs. Some of them are longer, but it's I don't know. It's like a hundred pages. <laughs> what, yeah. what, what's the what's the uh, the thing that drives it? Like what's? The... Um, it's semi auto. Well, I'll say semi autobiographical. Is it creative um, fiction? Is that what you're telling us? <laughs> Um, it's, it's focusing on a certain time in my life. Uh, but I think a big, definitely a big theme in it, it is, uh, how little we can trust our memories. Um, and yeah, cause as I went through it, I, I just, I just, like, I didn't want to put a lot of effort into plotting out the course of it. I just needed something to do. Uh, and if it failed, that was perfectly fine. Right. Uh, you know, so I just wrote it and then these memories have come and about, you know, people I've slept with, people who've died, places I've been, you know, and um, it seemed to all work out. You know, I think, I think it's okay. You know, maybe, maybe it's not that great. Maybe it's a little better than I think, but um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was fun you, to do. Are you publishing it through Simulacrum or, or do you just do it? No, no, I have no, I don't even know if I will publish it. It's, it's okay. like, you know, it's like one of these manuscripts that I've had, like, I did, I did one, I did a manuscript like two years ago, I think that like I just put away. It was, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know why I do this shit, you know, <laughs> I write this stuff. I just put it away. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of stuff like that too. I have, because I tend to write uh, in the long poem format, I have something like, I think I was talking about this in a previous episode or maybe too many episodes, but I have something like eight or 10 unpublished book length poetry manuscripts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Speaking of line breaks, if you if you ever want to read about the versatility of what you can do with a line break, you really have to read Dennis Cooley's essay called Breaking and Entering the Line. Okay. He, he has really good like I love prose poems too. Like it, it always just depends on 
my mood and also what the work wants. Like I, I just serve the work, like whatever. There was one one summer where I had I was working on this uh, um, poem series, and um, uh, for some reason it needed to have um, some uh, sonnets, some really you know traditional sonnets with the. So I spent th I something like three months reading all about the sonnet, and I managed to write three, and it drove me insane. And <laughs> man, they got chucked out of the manuscript anyway. But I I had to like I had to work that I had to do that. Like so I wasn't personally interested in it, but that's what the work wanted, and so I, I did that. You know. <laughs> I'll do things do you like think that. it's relevant for uh, a poet today to know how to write a sonnet? I think it, you know, it's, I, I think it, it I, I, always, I hate to, I never like to be prescriptive about, oh, well, one must do that if one wants to be a poet. Like that sort of bothers me, but I, I, I think you should go wherever your curiosity wants you to go. And I know a lot of people say, well, in order to really master an art, you have to kind of know its history and all that. So I say, I'm a dabbler. I don't. I just go where my curiosity leads me. Like I, and I think curiosity will, if you're, if you're someone who's working on writing a type of writing, curiosity will lead you to a place like, so like you might, but I, I think forcing yourself to try and learn something if you really like, I mean, in my case, I was curious enough to want to, and I knew enough about sonnets already that I, I wasn't coming in blind or anything, but um, yeah. I don't think any, I, I think you just, to me, do what you want. I think, really life is already tough enough without forcing sort of these these you know prescriptive rules on 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 art and on literature and and creation like tr play around and see what happens and if if you if you end up being curious like um then then you'll end up uh, going somewhere like i know like for instance i it sort of bothers me the way people are very critical of of uh, the instagram poetry of rupee car right, right. right. And I mean, first of all, I went to Waterloo as well. So, you know, there's, there's another reason why I like it. But I mean, what happens is it's sometimes if, if that's the way someone starts, they read those, they read, the, they read those poems and then maybe they get more curious about other kinds of poetry or maybe they stick there or whatever. But I don't know why people are so judgy about other people's tastes and what other people do. Like, like just, just, there's plenty of room for all this stuff, you know? I mean, yeah, okay, so maybe her books take up a lot of room on the, on the shelf at chapters, but mm. I mean... You're not gonna find our books there anyway, so don't worry about it. I had, <laughs> Kiki was, my book Kiki was on the shelf at chapters in my local chapters for a nice. little while. Yeah, nice, Yeah, I there you go. I kept you moving it. it up to being in the <laughs> and saying hello to it on the way by, and then, yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's a thrill when that happens. But yeah, Mother's Milk is, Mother's Milk is a, is a, getting back to a book of yours, a Mother's Milk is such a gorgeous, uh, it's a gorgeous book. That, um, Tim Glassett, Joaquin Norling did a, a wonderful job on it, and uh, the work inside is really great. Uh, what, how did the, um, like, how did the titles come about for the pieces? Did you, did you make the pieces and then just kind of go through and, or did you make the titles and then you make the pieces, or? Yeah, no, I just I just titled them afterwards, which was so much fun. I didn't even know if I would at first. I was like, yeah, maybe I'll just leave them untitled. But then once I started, um, I think it was because I had been looking through some of uh, Gustav Morin's stuff, oh, yeah. and great. and I just love his titles, and yeah. so I started playing around with it, and it was just so much fun, you know. Titling is part of the play for me. I, I like yeah. titling. Too. And one thing I noticed, if you ever look at some acemic writers, sometimes they have um, interesting titles for their work. There's a there's a woman named Anika Baton, uh, and mm. she yeah she she has a site called ferretsinmyhead.com, which is where her stuff is. And uh, you look at some of her titles. I mean, her work is gorgeous, but also the titles for the work are equally. They're already poems as well. So and and there's that play between um, the nonverbal and and you know language. And so I I think it's neat to come. Anyway, I really like the titles. I like the work itself. And so when you make when you make this, is it all rubber stamp? Or are you you're not using any Letraset or anything here? Or it looks it always looks like Letraset to me. Yeah, no, it's all. I think everything in there's uh, Letraset. Uh, or Which? sorry, no, rubber stamp. Um, it's all Letraset for the record. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, it's all rubber stamp. Okay. Uh, you know, and uh, like there's some digital manipulation sure. time to time. A lot of it is not. It's just what it is. But, uh, do you do you, um, do you make stamps or do you do you buy them like or do you do both or how do you yeah both 
Yeah, yeah. I, I bought some. Like, I, I started with uh, a set that was my grandfather's, and after he passed, I found it in a room, and I was like, oh, let's just try this. And they and they're just these like really um, like hard plastic ones, so they're they're weird. That's what I did Tiskoomph with. Right, was, which I was going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. That that's entirely with his set. Um, yeah, and then I started buying like rubber, uh, rubber stamps from Michael's. And then I was like, oh fuck, I can just make my own. So I started doing that too. Yeah, I couldn't, I, I, I have no, I have a lot of issues with hand-eye coordination. So mm -hmm. I would be, I would be terrible at making my own. Like I'm, I, that's one of the reasons I'm not very good uh, with, with um, physical things. Charles, my husband calls me the squirrel because of my issues with opening packages and <laughs> they will destroy them. I'm oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't feel like I'm very careful with mine. I was, it, wasn't, it wasn't like that really meticulous placement of Letris set where you, you, know, you can place it and you can see where oh, it's going to be. terrible at that. And you rub it on. Like, I don't have the fucking patience for that shit, you know? I it's but, but the stamps, I, like, I could just, just bang, 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 bang. <laughs> you know, like it, it's very, uh, very simple. Well, you uh, know, you have to cut the, you have to cut the, the into the rubber with a sharp implement. Oh, and, you mean actually making the stamps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it depends what you're going for. If you want to very, like, mine aren't very clean, but it's just fun. You know, you could have some pretty screwed up letters, and that could work too. <laughs> I, I tried to play with uh, rub-on letters back in, I guess, I don't know when was it, like uh, in the uh, sort of mid-aughts. And I had some pieces that came out in the last Vispo um, that were those pieces, actually. They were, but people assumed that they were done digitally, but I actually did. I, I, but they're very minimal because I found it so tedious to actually, and, and physically just like, it was a lot of work to actually just rub on all these damn letters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I only did like, and I did them on like found little pieces of like textured paper and stuff like that. And then I scanned them. That was, that was the whole thing, but they're very basic because I got tired of doing it. Like how does Derek do those um, exquisitely uh, or, or Kate too? Like how do they do? Cause I mean, they're, they're so complicated or Kelly Marks for interesting. I just don't know how they do that. I want to know how they actually make them. <laughs> I don't know. Is there a poetry drug? Maybe yeah, that's, that's like jazz maybe. had jazz had weed and heroin. Like, what's the what's the focusing poetry yeah. drug? Well, I'm just I'm lazy like when it comes to I, I'm lazy when it comes to manual labor. So, like, I I mean, I've had to do jobs that involve a lot of repet, repetitious manual labor. So, I'm not into it for my my work too much. But yes, and you talked about your um your chapbook um. um with uh, in Spiritus Press, Tisk Oomph, which is such mm -hmm. a, a lovely, it's lovely the way they did that. They did this, um, I guess this is from 2018, eh? And yeah. they, they did uh, like a, it's like, it's, it's double-sided. Yeah, one side and then you turn it over and it's the other side too. So yeah, well, you don't, you just, but it's it's a double-sided, it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah, the accordion fold. And yeah, accord, thank you. I was looking for that word and I couldn't, I didn't have it. <laughs> so yeah. There's another yeah. word, but anyway, yeah. But it's quite different. It's quite different from Mother's Milk, for instance, which uh, mm -hmm. it's it, it does seem like more controlled. Like it, that that one seems like there's actual um, text in there too. That but one. I think that's probably it's probably the opposite. Whereas, like, <laughs> I, I I feel like I just I don't know. Um, yeah, Tiskoomph. I feel like I, I came at it from a place of greater ignorance. Um, maybe there's more control but it's 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 that like freshness of not really knowing at all what you're doing you know and, and then you <laughs> right. make something kind of like the beginner's luck kind of thing right yeah so I, go ahead there's just a little more experience in mother's milk right yeah so i had this idea that i was just gonna i have i have a number of um pieces of your um, um, publications of yours and maybe not the most recent and then i have a number of simulacrum publications i would just pull things out of a box and we could talk about them is that okay with you yeah for yeah, the, sure. first thing, the first thing i've got here is contemporary meat which has actually been on my shelf and this was published by the blasted tree can you talk about uh, can you talk about contemporary meat i love this this piece actually it's great yeah it's funny um that work i worked on for quite a while and so yeah it's just like a collection of author bios uh, I think all poets um, 
from journals, online journals that I had been published. So that was that was the uh, constraint, I guess, that, that it was, you know, at that time, all of the bios that appeared in online journals that I had been in. Um, now, now that doesn't, the chat book is just a portion of that. The original vision was to have this like thick, useless book of, you know, like a tome of bios. Yeah. All these people, you know, and, and so, you know, yeah, I don't know. Um, and then I sent a portion of it to Kyle, the blasted tree and, uh, he accepted it and he's like, Oh, I know exactly what I'm going to do with this. And then, then he brings out this beautiful, beautiful object with the packaging of like yeah. you know, on the red, it looks like this meat in a, in the styrofoam with the plastic and the barcode and everything, you know, um, it's, you know, so, but I just like, at first when he did that, I was a little pissed off mm -hmm. uh, despite the fact that it's like a really beautiful thing. I recognized it as a beautiful thing, but it like so much of it is him. Yeah. You know, I didn't know. I, I had no idea that that was Kyle's idea. I oh, yeah. Yeah. Was totally you. Okay. Funny thing is that like, I, I gave him this text, you know, and he, he just, ran with it which is awesome in the end i just see it as a collaboration between kyle and i but he never gets kind of credited with that he doesn't yeah well that's what happens with publishers that lots of times publishers yeah. do a lot of things that we don't you know people don't know that we write that we don't mm. they don't talk about um yeah because I, I i have to t i i keep this on my on top of uh my book show well, my shelf in the in the living room and i i've never opened it so because I, I it's like it's already there for me right it's already the pieces yeah are exactly so that, that was the initial it. thing that pissed me off was that i was like okay like i created this as as something to be read but nobody's gonna fucking open this, you know what I mean? There's no way, and, and there's no reason to open it. In the, just like in that. so many bios, right? So many bios, a lot of people don't read. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the same thing, like, you know, I can see this, this is, you know, um, name redacted, address redacted. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's cool. Well, it's good to see that it was a collaboration. The next thing I, I have here pulling out is the, um, is a very nice uh, long chapbook called Waterlight by Andrew Brenza. Can you talk about that? That was published by Simulacrum Press. Yeah, yeah, that. Um, Beautiful. I love that one. I love it. Um, so yeah, just these like huge pages, long, these uh, landscapes of letters. I guess it's, it's like, you know, looking in, into water. Um, <laughs> That chapbook was the the worst to, oh, yeah. to put together because, um, and this is an issue that I have with a lot of visual poets is that they have lots of great ideas, yeah. but they aren't able to use the technology too well, you know? And so I, he sent me these images and they were just like, I'm like, how the fuck am I going to work with this? Uh, they were <laughs> like, like I, I, don't, I don't remember what format they were in, but they were just like, yeah, we're almost impossible to work with. I don't know how I got them <laughs> into that, like the vision I had, you know, but, uh, but I find that all the time that people have these great ideas and you get it and it's like, well, I don't know, this is pixelated or like, you know, like it's not adding anything to it. You know what I mean? You're not like, yeah. I, I'm really fortunate in that I have Charles because Charles is a, um, a technological god first of all and he, <laughs> but also he his, he has um experience with photoshop because he's a he's a photographer as well so when i started i started using just like ms paint microsoft paint to do my visual poems and then yeah i think that's where i started too because it was with the office software like it, came, it, was, <laughs> yeah. so it was something to play with and that was okay but i mean it was very limited in a lot of ways and then he showed me a few things in Photoshop, and and then now if I've had troubles with 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 any anything like that, I can I can always go to him and he can he can help me out. But, but don't uh, you also just like Google stuff? I, I will do that, but I'm not someone who likes to watch videos. I would rather read than. Well, the videos are terrible. They're like oh, you know, a ten God. minute thing to tell you about how to like you know do a, a five step process or click click yeah. click. click. I yeah. prefer words to, to pe looking at people explaining things <laughs> I always have. So, yeah, yeah. but I mean, I, I find it, I find it easier for me to just ask Charles how to do something and he usually, he usually can figure it out even if it's something that, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, for, for um, the stuff that I, I do for Angel House Press, uh, um, we get, um, sometimes we get 
the, the most difficult thing is, is when people uh, send visual poems or even poems that require a lot of alignment and spacing and right. they send them in, in, in uh, Word and they don't realize when you change. When you change from one program into say like InDesign or something and you're changing fonts and stuff, the spacing goes all out of whack. So oh, yeah, for and, sure. Uh, I mean, it can take Charles hours when the, when something comes in like that. So it's, uh, and, and it, it almost is frustrating because it means that sometimes like for Experiment O, which is our one of our online publications. Yes. Uh, sometimes <laughs> means, yeah, you, you were in, well, you were in issue nine and I was gonna actually talk to you about uh, the, the work that was in there. But yeah, so, uh, you know, if someone, uh, if we can't, if it's if it's if they're using that instead of using some kind of um, thing that does visual, or, you know, spacing and stuff easier, then then it ends. It can take hours and hours to get it right. So you know, like, and so that means that there are fewer of those kinds of poems in there. And it's, there's those are the fun kind of poems to put in. But you know, there's yeah. just much work to do the layout. If you know, if it, yeah, it's hard, right? Because like, even if you send a PDF. Um, no, PDFs are, are no good for um, putting into InDesign. Like, it's not a good... Oh. Uh, but, like, you can uh, work with certain settings that it will embed the stuff, the, the words in there, right? Like, even, even with a PDF, sometimes if you just send it, it, it will rely on the font of your computer, and it will change. Yeah, and at least you can... Right? But you can, you can embed it so that you send it, and it will be faithful. But... At least you can at least see what they what they meant, and it won't change. Mm -hmm. Right, so that helps. Yeah, yeah. it helps, mm -hmm. but it's not it's not the best. Best is a JPEG or a PNG if you're going to do anything like as a PNG. Or, or we go back to mail, like you know, and then mail. Can, yeah, actually, yeah. with um for Experiment O, when when uh, we had uh, Gustave Morin in our um in uh, one of the experiments, he mailed me he mailed me his work, and and I just, we we scanned it and we made sure he was happy with it and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah get a high quality scan on each piece and so I have the originals he let me keep them which is great nice. yeah I wanted to talk to you about too about um back, yeah way back in 2016 you um you we actually published um a work of your an excerpt from a piece called dictator in uh, mm -hmm. experiment ocean and I really love that piece it's and you said you said it was a result of your wondering about how ms words autocorrect program influences your writing and and I thought it was so cool because it's like a basically like a play-by-play -play in response to the autocorrections. So yeah, exactly. It's exactly. It, was really, it really was an interesting piece. And um, again, even with that, I guess. Um, so, do you was was that something where you started with just? I guess you must have just started with having issues with autocorrect, and it made you start to think about it. Or is that what you? Is that how that? Yeah, started? yeah. I think yeah. I think over time, just like I, I, at that time, I was just writing some pretty like traditional free verse poems, you know? And yeah, uh, yeah I just kept on running into, you know, you do a line break and it's like, what the fuck is this? You know, you're not supposed to do that. Like, right. It's funny that, you know, a basic uh, global word processing program doesn't understand the concept of poetry. Oh, I know. Oh gosh. You know? And like every, Every fucking thing you do, it's questioning you. And then you want to kind of avoid that, right? I thought, like, there must be some behavioral consequence of constantly being questioned. <laughs> you know, you just want to fucking avoid it. Just so like, okay, well, maybe maybe I will do this. Yeah, I, th I think you can turn it off. I, I don't, you, I you can, for sure. But, yeah. but how many people do that? It's fun. I remember for uh, Kiki, um, when I was uh, writing, um, I had um, something about um, the heel of a, uh, of a baguette and, and, uh, and, uh, they, and uh, the change was the wheel. They wanted to have a wheel, <laughs> like, you know, like driving a wheel or something. Mm -hmm. That's interesting, but it's not really what I'm looking for. The next thing I have pulled out from the, the pile of uh, stuff of yours in Simulacrum Press is... Uh, the Penman, a serious writer by Don Nelson Wardrop. What can you What can you tell us about that? I know Don, but um, tell us about that work. <laughs> so that was an interesting one. That I, I don't usually print color. Yeah, this is full. And uh, it's full color. Yeah, I did. I did that one, and 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 Yap Blanc's uh, on Tractatus One, and uh, I printed those in China because uh, we had. My wife and I and, and daughter went to visit some people, some family, and 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 run some errands, some big errands. <laughs> um, 
And yeah, so I, I had these submissions and I was, you know, generally I can't do that, but I was thinking, oh, well, when I was, when I, when I was living in China, I would, uh, I would print, I printed a book, a, a collection of my stuff, you know, and like it, it didn't go anywhere. It was just something I handed to my friends. Right. But uh, I remembered it being quite cheap. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I can find a printer while I'm there. So yeah, yeah, I took it, took the files there and found a little place and was able to get it printed. Um, I don't know. Uh, but she, how did she, did she send you work? Is that how you found out about her or did you, did you, I mean, hmm, did I solicit at that point? I think, I feel like I asked her. Yeah. 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 So Donna's feel, a British uh, artist and visual poet. Yeah. She. Yeah. It's been really interesting watching her development because I know she may, she's, she's been a, a visual artist uh, in the past. And then I believe she stopped for quite some time and then came back to it via Vispo, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, or visual poetry or concrete poetry or ASAP. No, no, not ASAP. Uh, but uh, yeah, and then, and then, so that was kind of early stuff for her, I think, in, in her like new wave of creation. Um, and, and now she's changed again. And she still does a lot of, of typographical stuff, but she's done a lot of like stuff that's very doll like. Yeah, in, in, the Dada right? dolls. I have yeah, those yeah, 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 yeah. She sent me those. Oh Some yeah, those, they're great. Yeah, I love those. Yeah. It's, it, it, yeah, it has the same aesthetic strength of all her work, but just very different, you know. So it's been interesting watching her. But I loved, I loved this, um, this phase. I'm glad I was able to catch it in a chapbook. Yeah, no, it's really great. I love, I love her work. Um, mm -hmm. and, and of course, it's always interesting too because um, when you're a, a small press publisher in Canada, it's it's sometimes it's harder to um, know about uh, people in other other countries doing work. So to publish people from just outside your own little community, it's just, I think if you, not not everyone can do it, but if you can do it, it's a really great thing. I think to connect connect different groups together and. Did you do you uh, do you get a lot of submissions for Simulacrum Press? Not really. Yeah. Do you? No. Do you well, are, are you? I don't We've think been closed for a little while now, yeah, so I'm curious. Like, I, it's definitely more people know about it now, um, and and I've been struggling with whether I will continue with it or not. Um, well, it's expensive, like I, right? And time consuming too. But do. it's not really the it, yeah. Like part of it was the expense, but like I just felt so drained. And uh, and then sometimes I feel like, uh, do enough people really give a shit? <laughs> you know, because um, I know that I'm very, I'm not good at any kind of business stuff. You know, no, me neither. Yeah, uh, I don't know. But anyway, I mean, I, I it stuff has certainly sold. Um, it's slow, you know, but that's that's micro press. Yeah, that's, well, that's, and it depends. That's just the reality. Yeah. It, you know, like the thing that like for me, I notice is that um, if an author um, buys like the way we were, we when Angel House Press was doing chapbooks, uh, the way we did it was that the author could buy additional have like they got their 10 free mm -hmm. copies. And then after that, um, it was 40 percent or I, I think we gave half price for what it for the you know, I think it was 50 percent uh, if they wanted to buy more. And yeah. really, the way that the chapbooks would sell out is if they bought all the copies. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm glad, I'm happy for that, but it doesn't feel the same for me as if, if, um, if you know, people discover. Like, I want, I, I don't know, I don't just want it to be friends with the writers who. I, I, I'm glad that that happens. I think that's supportive, but to me, it's a different thing. Like when I go, to, when I find out about. Uh, uh, someone's writing and I buy their work because I, I'm really interested in their writing and it's mm -hmm. just different. And that's what I wanted from that experience. And I didn't, I just found, well, it's a lot of work. And, and for, for me, um, Charles is the one who is doing, was doing the design and stuff. And he still does the design for our online uh, publications. And it's just, it's, it's just a very time consuming. He has a day job. And I just, uh, I felt like he was having, like it was a bit too much to, you know, uh, we, you know, I got a lot of submissions as well. And um, 
I would, you know, I just, it's a lot. And I, I find doing the online stuff is a little bit more immediate, a little quicker to, although we, I mean, we still have like annual magazines and things like that, but uh, I still love chapbooks. Like I adore, I, I still buy lots of chapbooks and uh, from now from other countries and stuff like Tim Glass is, is a great mm -hmm. producer of uh, yeah. work or, or um, like a PSW in Germany. So there's a lot of great places to get, to, to get stuff as well. Maybe I'll ask you too about, well, what, what, to, uh, what did you start what made you start simulacrum press if you i think i essentially just wanted a place to feel comfortable publishing the stuff that i didn't know where to publish anywhere else like my own stuff yeah yeah um and i imagine that's that's behind a number of small presses um for sure yeah and then in the yeah simulacrum presses it's weird like i never published what I meant to publish. Cause in the beginning, I think I meant to publish like outsider art or like stuff that wasn't meant as poetic yeah. at all, you know? And I contacted certain people as I came across this work that I thought, oh, this would be interesting through a frame of poetry. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so yeah, I had this certain idea, but like none of it panned out. They'd be like, oh, maybe, yeah, cool, and then it's nothing. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's interesting. Um, and so it became this, what it is, just like visual poetry and just like, okay, maybe, maybe I can't actualize a vision through a press. I just have to see what's actually happening, you know? Uh, and assuming that I do go on with it, now I've now I've got a, a wider scope of what's out there, and I feel like oh this you know if I I do a lineup of this person this person this person for next year, and I won't reveal who that probably will be because now I'm getting kind of excited about a few people, but oh, okay. um, yeah, I think I think there'll be some cool stuff. So I was going to ask you then what what are some uh, recent and forthcoming publications? <laughs> forthcoming there's uh, i've only got one more on the roster for now and right. it's by daniel f bradley but um it's just some great lecture set we're going back to lecture set um oh, it's 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 for me like okay a it's good work it's very strong yeah it has a kind of hidden hilarity to me because you know there's a lot of hostility between certain concrete poets and uh it really reminds me of a lot of uh, of of Derek Bellew's work in um um aperture okay and and it's just you know these two guys aren't the best of friends so i just think it's okay. funny to see their work like really conversing very closely i don't i don't even know i don't know stuff like that but i like daniel i love his collages and um mm -hmm. a couple of years ago i i i i was there and we walked around uh downtown toronto and he took photos of a whole pile of photos of various um po you know uh poles with uh peeling um papers and posters right, which he always posts on yeah. uh, instagram, instagram stuff i love like, that shit yeah yeah, I love that. And he's he's funny. He's got a, a funny sense of humor as well. So that's good. I've yeah. just you know I've I've come up against um, some friction that I've published him before, and you know people have like some some history with him. There's some some bad history, and I'm just like I don't give a shit. Well, so, yeah. I, when I've been with him. He's a really great guy, and he's never like done anything to anyone that you know. Like These what? things are always between a decision you make as a publisher about yeah. what you know who you publish and why and and that that's between you and your 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 the person you publish and you make those decisions and uh well it, what about um yourself what other uh, forthcoming uh, is there anything coming out you've got another another work with Tim Glassett coming out is that true is the broadside. Oh, 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 yeah, the broadside yeah. just today. Yeah, I saw that. There's a birthday, birthday. The birthday party. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I've got another one through Happy Monks Press. Oh, yeah, I've heard, I've heard. Who Now, who runs Happy Monks? I, I, 
Alex Porco. Right, right, right. That's right. I've only yeah. met him once, and I think we're Facebook or Happy. I think we're Facebook friends. But um, yeah, that's cool. I can't find anything about that press. I thought it's like <laughs> secret yeah. press. Yeah, yeah, it is a little under the radar, for sure. Um, and but yeah, no. The big, the big question for me is like through Tim Glissett, I've, I've, you know, some years ago. I gave him framing poems, and this has just been on my bio forthcoming from Tim Glissett <laughs> framing poems. And it's like, when is this going to come out? You know, uh, one day. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't realize that that was that you that had that was because I remember if, if, if is framing poems the same work I saw of yours that you gave me for National Poetry Month uh, one year. Is that the same? I don't um, remember, I but but probably like, like was it years where ago? I you, where I thought you had plagiarized a friend of mine's work, and it turned out yes, that I, yes, I lost yes. my mind. That yeah, one, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> well, well, I Amanda, that, what are you talking about? Really, but we 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 barely knew each other at that point. Yeah. I, I was accusing you of plagiarism, which yeah. was really entertaining. I've never yeah. done that before. So <laughs> I, I was so wrong. I actually forgot about that. Yeah, that's... I shouldn't remind you about it. Is is there anything <laughs> funny else? Now. Is there anything else you want to talk about uh, while while I have you on the Zoom? <laughs> and, oh, and I don't to know. All, to all the thousands of listeners we have, you want to? <laughs> You've ruined it. We were just like going along, you know. Now he's like, "Do you want to say something?" No, <laughs> he doesn't want to say anything at all. Well, I, I guess I, I do have one more chapbook that I want to talk about of yours. Which it's just I really love the cover of Acceleration of the Arbitrary. This mm. um, your circus circus high wire, like it's uh, it's uh, basically it's a circus tent. And a big uh, giant uh, lion with ah, people, yeah. like chomping into the circus tent, and then there's a crowd of people and a guy on a on a mm -hmm. high wire. So like, yeah. what is so the high wire is um, what is it? it? It's like it's like a graph, right? It's like I think yeah. it's a yeah, it does. It does. Either, graph, it's either yeah. a seismograph or 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 I don't really remember. You know, I just like collected stuff. I don't know. It could be but, a, a sonograph. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just nah. I'm joking. I'm just like playing with words. It, um, it all kind of related back to one poem. You know, I had written a whole bunch of these poems, and I, I did a few uh, digital collages based on them. And I would, I would actually love to publish that uh, collection in its entirety. I've sent it to a couple people, not a lot. You know, I haven't been yeah. like really trying to publish it. They're just, I just, you know, the problem is I just move on. You know, it's like I, yeah, I do something, you. and yeah, maybe someone picks it up right away, or I just move on. I guess something else to do. This this was published by Gray Borders Books um, in 2017, and they're out of uh, that's Niagara, right? Is that is that I think, right? Yeah, Welland, I think. Welland, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where I am, I sort of mix up all those places. So what it is 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 um, there's a quote at the start from various uh, like various uh, publications, I guess. I don't know various people, and then uh, and then then there's a response, basically, sort of it's like a okay. So like how it was composed, yeah. 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 So um. I just went into Gutenberg.org uh, yeah. and did their like random yeah. book search thing. So it would come up with like a list of certain books. And then I would I would open up the first one, you know, and just kind of do the the globe, you know, spin the globe and put your finger down, right? Yeah, so I just like yeah. just like just go through and just stop at a random point and be like that quote. Okay. And then write a poem based on that quote, but all in this like weird, you know, dictatorship mode. Yeah, yeah. So that's been something some, like, weird world going on there, right. which is like you know the the prototype of of Tis Oomph, which is all about dictator this and dictator yeah. that. And, well, and dictator. There was there's a whole you know yeah. was, of course I'm just being in China and like having these conversations about censorship and yeah. Government and, and you know, you know, Xi Jinping now, and is he a dictator? Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe, probably. So, are you? Um, I think there's a, a Meet the Presses online thing happening towards the end of November. Are you? Uh, are you doing anything? Are you part of that at all? Are you? Are you? Yeah, I. I um, yeah, I am too. Press, press is. Uh, I think it's the Outlaws one or some. some we'll be talking once again. And I think Kyle's in it too. <laughs> Oh great, that'll be great. I like I like that they're doing this online because I mean I, I 
I don't, I go to, I've been to a couple of Meet the Presses in Toronto, but, um, you know, obviously. Can't always make it, yeah. Meeting uh, this time around, so it's nice. And I mean, for, for Ottawa, I mean, we've missed two small press fairs. I mean, this is, this is our, one, I mean, I don't, there's not, I'm not big on going out to events these days. Uh, like I wasn't before the pandemic, because I'm just, by nighttime, I'm usually too exhausted to do anything. So, because yeah. I wake up early. And so um, I wasn't really uh, missing attending events, but the small press fair, that one is a hard, that one's a hard one to miss. I have to say like that's mm -hmm. because something I really enjoy talking to everyone and and, um, you know, we, we usually have, uh, we don't have anything new for Angel House Press because we're not making new chapbooks at Byward's. We always have, in the fall, we always have a new publication usually. And so, anyway, it's just nice to interact with people who like or nerdy about, about micro presses and the stuff that we Well, make. it should be fun. You know, I don't, I don't know who all is doing it, but apparently it's going to be you and me else. <laughs> so, you know, so, that's all that counts. We don't yeah, need any yeah. more than that. It'll be fun. Well, there, it's actually something that's happening over several days. So there's a couple of different panels. Um, right, yeah, it's the outlaw one. Then, yeah. ours, is, ours is outlaw, and then there's... Whatever um, that means. <laughs> yeah, and then there's... Um, I don't remember, but I mean, they're doing the B.P. Nicole Chapik Award. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm always... I, I can proudly say now that in all the years that Angel House Press uh, did uh, chapbooks, which was... Uh, I guess about what eleven or twelve years of we were never shortlisted for it or or winning any of those. Yeah, it would be great to see a, a BP nickel traffic award go towards something that's actually experimental. But hey, let's leave that. Oh, 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 oh. Well, there's a lot of great work there, but uh, yeah, eh, whatever. Who knows? Is anyone listening at this point? Well, well maybe not. But um, yeah. So, is there anything else we should be talking about? Do you think before we wrap this wrap this uh, festival up? And, uh, oh, I feel like we've meandered quite a bit. We have meandered, and this, this is, is a nice, happens, nice. This nice is what way. happens, folks, when I when I don't prepare. All right. Well, I guess we'll I guess we'll finish there. And um, thanks, uh, Sasha. Arch, Sasha Archer for being on the show. Now I've, I've downgraded you now to Sasha. Now see that Sasha Archer for being on the show. <laughs> to Charles for processing, to Jennifer Peterson for the theme song, and to all of you for listening and sharing the episode. Stay tuned for the next episodes with Pearl Peary this month, uh, Francis Boyle, and a special episode on the poetic elements of music in December, featuring the amazing musician Subraj Singh. Thanks everybody for listening. Thank you for listening to The Small Machine Talks. The Small Machine Talks.